We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast, show number three. Somebody has been a trooper today uh, <laughs> in hours and hours of Irish Breakdown content, but we are not done. That's Vince Sedario. I'm Brian Driscoll, and we are going to do our upon further review. It's a few days after the game now, Vince, but we've had a chance yeah. to dive into the film and really break down this performance. Unfortunately, we will not be able to bring up any clips that we can draw up because StreamYard is being dumb tonight, so I can't connect it to my ipad unfortunately but we we will show a couple like still clips and kind of talk through it but we're not gonna be able to draw it up and and uh and, and show all that kind of stuff tonight but i still think a lot of great stuff to discuss tonight Vince. yes we broke down the film some stuff we saw from the game that can we were confirmed right and some stuff that we saw that was a little better than we thought some stuff that maybe wasn't quite as good as we thought but overall what we saw is again was a team that just really played hard Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching staff that that to some varying degrees on either side of the ball made some inju- adjustments and which has been an issue for us in the past and a team that just at the end of the day was just better i mean they just they had just better play yeah. across the board in south carolina and they showed it and that's kind of yeah. where you want to be right and you fall behind and you have some mistakes and look there's there's some the turnover some i mean there was a play in the third quarter where the play where buckner kind of quickly chops his feet and throws sidearm to Tyree and hits him in the foot that if he hits Tyree in stride, he probably scores. Yeah. I mean, there were so many chances to just blow this game open and they didn't do it. And and so, so now we'll be critical of that and we'll talk about that, but there was also, it's one of those things, Vince, that just shows how talented this team can be and and how this team is. And uh, just there's a, it's one of those things where, you, you look and say, you know, nine and four wasn't good enough and they got to get better and all that. But then you look at the talent that they got on this team and the talent's coming back and you're thinking, boy, the pieces are in place. They just got to yeah. clean some stuff up, man, because there there's a lot of talent on this football team. There's some positions that just flat out got to get better or they got to find a different dude. But then this game showed that. But man, Vince, when they just pinned their ears back and knew what they were yeah. doing and went after this team, I mean, just there was really nothing South Carolina could do about it. There really wasn't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, and that's the thing. I think, you know, offensively, I think we saw glimmers of what this offense can be. This is the first time really all season that I think the playbook was at the disposal of Tommy Reese, right? I mean, he had a guy behind center who could stretch the field. He had a guy, I mean, I think we saw as many RPOs in this game as we saw all season combined. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, there were so many, and I think it was even more as I went back and watched, it was like, oh my gosh, that was an RPO. That was an RPO. It was like, it was like Oprah just handing out RPOs, you know, you get an RPO, you get an RPO. And the decision-making of Tyler Buckner was really good in the RPO game. He was pulling when he should have been pulling. He was throwing when he should have been throwing. Even that bomb to Braden Lindsay was an RPO. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a play action. So? No, no, it was a play action. They sold the, they, they sold it really okay. well. It was a play All right. action. All right. Yeah. Cause then, I actually had a conversation with somebody about that. Okay. Early. Fair enough. It was a play action. So but to your point, Vince, but because of the RPO right. game that allowed well, the, that to happen, the play to action game was so much more effective in this yes. game because some of that stuff was a lot of that stuff was RPOs Vince, to your point. I mean, they had a yeah. lot of RPO <laughs> throws in this game. Yes. And one of the things we talked about in last week's break. So let's just, Let's we'll dive into the offense, yeah, right? Let's just dive right. into it, right? One of the things we talked about last week is they've got to find a way to attack the perimeter without throwing a bunch of hitches and quick outs right. to the outside guys, which is what South Carolina defends really well. And they did that, and they did it a lot of different ways. They did it with Chris Tyree. They did it with Jaden Thomas. They did it with Logan Diggs. And it was really well-designed stuff. And that was the thing that, to me, stood out, is they used motions so effectively in this game. And, and even like little things. So like, for example, the play that Logan Diggs scored the 75-yard touchdown on. One of the things they did in that and on that play, Vince, was is they actually sent, I think it was Matt Salerno. But Matt Salerno went in motion. And what South Carolina is doing, they got two huge plays off of this. Of how, People come saying, like, why do they keep motioning so much? Right. Here's why. The way they use motion in this game was really brilliant pass and run. So let's talk about it, right? That play to Diggs, they, I, I believe it was Matt Salerno goes in motion. And what you, South Carolina was doing when they would see motion is they would roll their safeties to the motion. So they were in sort of a two-by-two two out of 11 personnel, which was their dominant formation in this game. 
And so South Carolina had a safety over top of Salerno to the right, who was the slot. They had a, a, a kind of a, a, like a their rover mm-hmm. sort of split in the difference and then a corner. When they roll, when they motioned him across, they rolled that backside safety down, and the safety over top of Salerno came up, and then that linebacker, that rover, tucked inside. Well, then they saw kind of like a an action left, which kind of took them there, and then Tyler Buckner boots out, and he hits Diggs out there, and there's nobody on the flats. It was the, it was the pre-snap movement and design that got Logan Diggs wide open. Right. And then, of course, you you know, Braden Lindsey runs a stutter go. He's got that guy way off the field. That guy makes a bad decision, and Logan gets outside of him. But just the play design was going to get you 25 yards. And then one mistake – and this is what's so why it was so important to get in space. It takes one mistake from a defensive player in space to turn a 25-yard gain into a 75-yard touchdown. Right. And that's why it's so important, especially the athletes that Notre Dame has. Uh, you look at the touchdown pass to – well, finish with the perimeter stuff. We saw it with the run game. We saw them using movement to get guys going uh, where they were running inside zone with basically counter action backside to the quarterback. So they were running inside zone read. And so the offensive line is blocking inside zone. And then they're bringing Jaden Thomas and Mitchell Evans around on counter action for Tyler Buckner on a keep. And then off of that, they would also then do bootlegs, Vince. And like, so it's like one minute you think that they're going to run a bootleg, but instead right. they're getting two blockers out in front of Tyler Buckner. The next minute you think that they're running counter. And so you're thinking you're staying in, and next thing you know, Jaden Thomas just keeps running right past you to the perimeter for a flat route. That's what I said in my game observation. Is like it's like Tom Reese was just constantly one step ahead of their coaches. And then we saw at the run game, we saw yeah. toss, yes. we saw some old school minutes. We saw toss crack in this yes. game. Yeah, right. Like we saw toss crack. When was the last time you saw a team run toss crack out of a pro yeah. style attack? Right. Yeah. Like we saw the back can in the nineties all the time. Can you explain toss crack? Toss to crack people? is basically because we said pin and pull. We we weren't talking about pin and pull, right? And so basically what they were doing was is they would take Matt Salerno, who yeah. blocked his butt off in he this game, by the way. He is a really good interior <laughs> blocker. Right. Like, so what they did is he blocked down, and then they would have the tight end blocked down, and then so that's the pin and pull. They would pin down with the tight end and then pull Blake Fisher out, and then just turn around and toss the ball to Audrey mm-hmm. Gessman. He got like a seven or eight-yard gain on that. We saw a stretch. you know. So there's a lot of different ways they got to the perimeter. We saw them get to the perimeter of Tyler Buckner. Uh, on some stuff where they were running yeah. like that duo or inside zone reads because I saw them do it off, off a duo as well where they brought two guys backside. And then on one of those plays, it was really well designed. They lined up in a bunch trips right. So they got to it without a pre-snap motion. So they did what they got what they did. They got what they they got to where they needed to get to where they had been using motion. But in this instance, they didn't. So they lined up in like a trips right bunch. So that means all three guys were like right were there off the tackle. Close. Yeah. And what South Carolina did is the South Carolina condensed their alignment. And so then Notre Dame runs an inside zone. I think it was inside zone. Let me let me look up the call sheet here, Vince. That ended up working out really well, by the way. Did it? Well, yeah. It was an inside zone read. So okay. they ran inside zone. And this was the play in the uh, – it was in the – it was the – First, it was the drive that started at the end of the first quarter and went into the second quarter. So it was the play. It was the 21-yard gain that Buckner had that got him down into the red zone. And it came right after he had, had he hit that crazy throw to Jaden Thomas, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But they lined up in that trips look. And so they ran inside zone. So they often, so they're already bunched, and they kind of went with that inside zone action. And then they brought the tight end and the Z back across – and so they both logged. They both got outside leverage, and Buckner got the easiest 21 yards of his career. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this is just great usage of post-snap movement. And, like, th- doing all this stuff pre- and post-snap, it's like South Carolina 
early on was able to kind of have some success because they were just kind of running duo. And but they it's like they were softening them up to think duo, 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 and then they just started coming out the back door with it. It's almost yeah. like they ran the duo stuff early to set them up for what was coming later. And then, of course, once South Carolina was like, okay, we're not sure what's coming on, that's when the inside zone, the duo, the counter tray, all that stuff started really hitting them up the middle. But it was that attacking the perimeter that worked. You talk about another way that the motion worked. Go look at the touchdown pass to Kurt, to Braden Lindsay. So Notre Dame, it was 20 personnel, Vince. 20. Uh, let me make sure of that. I think it was 20 personnel. It was 21 personnel, two backs in the game, tight end, and then Braden Lindsay was in the game. And they had Chris Tyree in the slot to the right where Braden Lindsay was. They motioned Chris Tyree across. And so what that caused them to do is that caused them to kind of rotate their safeties again. And so then when Chris Tyree went on a swing, that safety then came back down on Tyree and Lindsay just ran ran right by him. Right over the and top. And ran over top of him. And it was just, it was just kind of like. You you used Chris Tyree as a decoy to get that safety to bite down because here's what you know as Notre Dame. You know that if Chris Braden Lindsay gets a step over the top of the defense, no one's catching them. Correct. And I just thought it was a great play design. And here's the thing about I want to show just how crazy this throw was by Tyler Buckner. Okay, so this is where Tyler, this is the moment Tyler Buckner releases the football. Y'all mm-hmm. see that? Mm-hmm. This ball gets caught way out here. <laughs> it gets caught. <laughs> you talk like about the- it. The eight-yard line-ish, yeah, right? It, Wasn't it? It's out, it's out past oh, the yeah. numbers. Right. So if you look at where Buckner is, he's already thrown the ball. Yeah. Braden Lindsay's at the 25 just inside the far hash. <laughs> and he throws this ball outside the numbers. But see, yeah. two things. This is what happens when you have speed, but this is what happens when you anticipate. He knew where Braden Lindsay was supposed to get to. Correct. And so he just threw that sucker up and let Braden run underneath it. And this is kind of what we've been talking about all year, Vince, is like this is what we've been missing from this offense is having a quarterback that doesn't need to see a guy open. That's a throw Mm -hmm. Ian Book, with all due respect to Ian Book, never would have attempted in a million years. Because he never had the anticipation ability to to, to just, hey, get that. Because he knew where the safeties were. There was no safety help. There was no – it was either Braden Lindsay was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it. Correct. But just the execution was great, but – it was the pre-snap movement out of 21 personnel because they learned early that when Chris Tyree moved, South Carolina reacted a lot. Right. And they started using that to their advantage. So what happened early in the second quarter, Vince, is they ran a, a sweep action with Chris Tyree and they handed it off to him. Remember that they were backed up and they mm-hmm. just blew the play up. Yes. And even though Notre Dame had a counter action off of that, counter tray off of that, they ran with the sweep. So what Notre Dame did is they kind of logged that in their head. Tom Reese yeah. logged that in his head. That was when they were all back. They were backed they up. They were backed right? up. And he yeah. ends up getting sacked a couple plays yeah, later, and they yeah, punted yeah. out of their own end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So later in, in the game, they get into a very similar situation. But this time, this is the play that I think made it uh, – I think it was their their second – I'm trying to think. It was the third was the, It was the one that made it 24-24. Okay. And so they ran that jet motion with Chris Tyree at the 11-yard line, and South Carolina just ran with it like they did before, and they just – Buckner kept it and ran backside counter tray. Old school counter tray. They ran so many old school plays. Counter tray is guard tackle pull. Mm-hmm. Counter is just a guard and a tight end or guard and a back or whatever pull. 
they ran, you know, that play we criticized during the year, they'd run counter with the, with the tight end play side. And you did that delay. They ran that for 12 yards of Chris Tyree, but it was timed up much better. Mitchell Evans sold it. He really was patient with it, let the blocks develop and then came inside. You know, it was counter Vince, but it almost looked like, you remember the old school wham play? Oh yeah. We ran, you know, it was was kind of like that where like he let the outside and then he came up, but instead of like, trapping like a center or or a you know or i mean over the center over the a gap like nose tackler or guard he just went up inside and led really well timed that was the play that chris tyree ran but just the it was the a lot of that motion is what kept that stuff working vince because you just it's like okay if you just motion a guy when he's going to run a slide route then they're going to be able to play it but when you're always motioning somebody it's like, okay, is he handing off here? Is he is he keeping it? And and the you know, second half, they just started wearing on it. And that's when you started seeing Tyree and I mean Estime and Diggs just hitting him up the middle. Like let's next point. Well, Vince, let's I'll let you respond to that because I'm just I got so much I want to say no, about this. I mean, you're absolutely right. Go with the, that. The motion that they were doing, I mean, there was almost there was movement on almost every single play, which I which which is fantastic because it had South Carolina just absolutely guessing. Uh, defensively as to what Notre Dame was going to do on offense. They, I mean, and you talk about sometimes they would motion into that slide. Sometimes, you know, the the 75-yard touchdown by Logan Diggs, he was in the backfield when the play started, and then backside. he does a little play action on the backside yeah. and then just ends up and on the slide right there for a five-yard pass that turned into a 75-yard run, right? So they had different ways, and we all know that that's one of their favorite you know, concepts, right. Is that little slide route underneath. Right. And there were times where they missed it because it was either a bad throw or too hard of a throw or a drop or whatever, but they kept going coming back to it because it is something that Notre Dame actually does very, very well. And it's a very simple concept to gain good yards at the worst of it. If you complete it, it's a five yard game. Right. That's great. When you're a run first team, that's fantastic. Five yards, you take it. Right. But then there's also those opportunities where if one guy's not doing his job, it turns into a 75-yard touchdown, right? So mm-hmm. I, I really liked it, to be honest with you. I think we are seeing, you know, I mentioned the fact that I, I think Tommy Reese was able to use his entire playbook today. I think that's accurate, number one. Number two, I also think that we we saw a maturation process of Tommy Reese throughout the whole season where – he was one step ahead of South Carolina the entire time. Sure. I mean, he was running things to set up other things. And we've seen that, but not to this extent, in my opinion. Well, I don't want to get too big picture on it just yet. I'll just say this. I'm not ready to go there yet because I actually think he was that way against Oklahoma State last year in the bowl game. He just didn't have the ability to run the football. And it wasn't okay. – I mean, just they couldn't block anybody. I mean, that, right. that's just – that was a different problem. And the reason I want to hold off on that is because it's great that you're that way for the bowl game. We talked about that before the bowl game. I said, look, go back to Iowa State game. He was money in that game. He called a really good game against Alabama. The better off he is. Right. Now I need to find out that he can do that when you've got a week to prepare. And at times he has, and at times he hasn't. But, you know, you wonder if it, you know, we'll get into that. That's more of an offseason conversation. But for this game, I thought he was excellent. Yeah. And one right. of the things that I was happy to see is something we've been begging for all year, which is a more diverse run game. So I just wrote down some of the run concepts we saw in this game, Vince. We saw duo where they brought the Y and the Z from the backside to block because normally they would run 12 personnel 
and they would have that because duo is a play that you run to the tight end side. Inside zone is a play you run away from the tight end. The tight end's your backside edge and in, in inside zone and duo the tight end usually is a play side run correct Vince I mean that's yep. especially how Notre Dame has done it and one of the things Notre Dame was would do is they would have a tight end play side and then they bring the backside tight end around well they didn't feel comfortable running that look this game so we didn't see as much duo in this game we still saw it clearly and it was probably the most used run that or inside zone but it was close so what they were doing was is they were they were bringing a tight end and a z from the backside we saw that we saw inside zone, like a pure inside zone with the backside block, either by the tight end. We saw split zone. A split zone is essentially the same as inside zone. You're just blocking the backside from the front side. So, you know, if you run inside zone to the right, you're going to have just pure inside zone. You have a tight end to the left block, and he's got to seal the backside edge. Split zone is essentially you're running the same play, but you start the tight end on the play side, and then he works back at the snap and seals the backside edge that way. That was the touchdown run to Logan Diggs. That was split zone. We saw inside zone read. We saw where Buckner would keep. We saw that with the, the the counter, like the action where they would bring two guys outside with him. We saw them run counter. We saw them run counter tray to the quarterback. We saw them run the old school kickout play for that was the Buckner first Buckner touchdown where they basically call it. There was a cover zero check. Mm-hmm. So what happened is is they line up. They see that it's cover zero. Buckner makes the check, and essentially they just block down Buck and. and Buckner fakes the uh, pitch action to the right. SC overreacts to it. And then they just kick out that backside edge and Buckner splits it. Touchdown. Easy touchdown. Yeah. Really yeah. well-designed play. <laughs> it really Second was. year in a row that he's had a great cover zero check early in the game, Tom Reese. Remember last year they had their, their first uh, cover zero check was they did that little leak out to Chris Tyree for the 50-yard touchdown. So just you know what they're going to do, cover zero. You've got to have a play that you've worked on that you're ready yeah. to gash them with, and, and they showed form on that play. SC showed cover zero a lot. Yes, on film, especially in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We saw counter tray, as I said. We saw quarterback draw. We saw, saw a normal counter. We saw a stretch play, which outside zone stretch. That was the play. We saw it a couple times, but it was also the play that Audric estimate busted for 26 yards right before the pick six, pick six in the fourth quarter. We saw that. We saw toss crack. I mean, we saw so much run differential. Like di- the counter tray was a play designed to go outside. The stretch was to meant to go outside. Uh, the, a lot of the quarterback reads where Buckner was pulling were designed to break outside. The ability to run outside and have effectiveness outside is what then softened up the inside stuff later. And that's what we've been saying for all year. You want to know, like, why couldn't they – you know, run the ball against USC because they had nothing if duo wasn't working. Right. And they had nothing to go to because they didn't have a quarterback that could do the things that Tyler Buckner could do in this game as a runner or a thrower. Because it's one thing to do it with a runner and like they did with Buckner. But the other part of it is Vince is you've got, if you have a quarterback that can really get the ball outside with the throwing game, then you don't need him to be a runner. And they didn't have either one of those things. And and I mean, no disrespect to Drew Pine, but that's just the reality. Right. And so, you know, you're able to do those things because they weren't running the ball very well early. I think, would they have like 70 yards rushing the first half? No, the, the, and we'll get into this obviously with the play of the offensive line and the way kind of things were trending in the first half. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I, it wasn't great. I mean, the run game wasn't great, but they kept at it. You know, they didn't abandon it. They kept going after it. They kept, you know, doing what you need to do. And then into the second half was kind of a different story. Uh, right line wise so well i i actually the offensive line didn't play great in the first half 
but I think they played better than I thought coming out. I really thought a lot of it was just it was what we thought USC was going to do. It's just too many it was hats. a lot of it was twists and slants and and hard a gap run stunts, which we knew they oh, were. That's the other do thing because you had to they 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 wanted Tyler Buckner right. to throw the ball. Correct. Well, and they also didn't think Notre Dame had any outside run threat. Right. Right. I mean, that was the other thing. And right. so they played to Notre Dame's tendencies. What was another Notre Dame tendency we saw this year, Vince? It was Notre Dame is out of 12 personnel as a heavy running team. Well, right. what they do in this game, when they went 12 personnel, they threw it almost every time. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, it's just kind of like, well, that's a tendency breaker. So I, I thought that part was good. The one play call that, uh, you know, the people that are Tommy Reese haters or whatever are going to focus on is the play call in the red zone. And, you know, that's just the re- – it was a bad call. You know, I'd be yeah. willing to bet you a thousand dollars that if you asked Tommy Reese, he'd say it was a bad call. Sure, but he just got greedy. He just, you know, he just got to the point. Where he's like, man, I just, you know, I, I bet you he just kind of thought like you had a chance to kind of go out there and, and and make a play. But Notre Dame had fifty-four yards rushing in the first half, fifty-four, and for over two hundred in the second half. And yeah. a lot of that first half running was 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 um, Tyler Buckner. So you saw in the second half, the backs took over. Why? Because Tyler Buckner was having success running the ball in the first half. Right. Because he was getting the ball out to Jaden Thomas in the first half. Because the, the Logan Diggs play went for 75 yards. Because go watch that play. How does he get that open? Because everybody was worried about the box. Correct. And that's why we said it was so he, important to get the ball outside on that. And even, you know, I watched that play multiple times, right? And for, n- number one, they were in man. Right. And so they had a linebacker on Logan Diggs. Now that's normal that you have a linebacker on a running back, but when you're running, when you're doing what they were, what Notre Dame was doing, the linebacker took a false step inside because he bit on the little bit of play action that Notre Dame had on that play. So as soon as he takes that false step, Logan Diggs has all the space that he's going to need running away from a linebacker. Right. Right. So I think they had an A gap fire on that play too, Vince. If I remember correctly, they had what now? I'm sorry. I, I think they it. had an A gap fire on that play okay. too. They might have which, been from the other which, linebacker, which, which they did a ton in that game. Yeah, which right. which would make I'm sense. I'm talking but... from the inside backer. Oh, gotcha. Not yeah, the he was rover. running against That's... 50, 58 right. or something right. was the number. Of you're the talking linebacker about the overhang to cover him, and it was you're talking about the overhang, right? The the the, the outside linebacker. He was the guy playing was outside the box. He no, he wasn't outside the box. He was like over the tackle or the guard i mean he was inside i'm looking up sure. the, i'm looking up the play now yeah, you're talking about dead. the the long pass to crit to um to digs to logan digs the, right the touchdown pull it up real quick yeah yep but anyway keep going yeah so because of the play action this kid takes an inside step towards and then that's all that logan digs needed that makes the easy pitching catch from buckner to digs and then on top of that since it's uh, man-to-man down the field, they had no idea that the ball was thrown already. And by the time the secondary reacted to the fact that Logan Diggs is running with the football, he was running by them, right? He had the head of steam, and there was no way that Dial, I think is who the DB was, was going to be able to catch up because of the head of steam that Diggs already had. So it was a great play call to run the play action. Yeah. Because at the catch. snap of the ball, Vince, to your point, the safety's rolling to the middle of the field. Yep. Because it was cover, it was cover one, it looks like to me. The other safety's rolling down. That backside backer 58, you're correct, is ab- absolutely keying. He's not even reading the back. No. He's reading the line. He's just expecting run game. He and then just in. Logan Diggs just outruns. I mean, he's just wide open. 
as and the safety is step, running. The safety, when Logan Diggs catches the ball, the safety is running away from him because of the motion to Matt Salerno. Right. And so it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm going to actually take a picture of this and and show it here because I think it's I think it's important to show here because we can show the still shots. I can screen share. I just can't connect my <laughs> iPad, right. which kind of sucks. But I'm going to bring that play up, Vince, because it, it shows. I mean, I think illustrating what you're talking about is really important yeah. because yeah. You're, you're making a really good point about how important understanding how to manipulate a defense is. So let me just pull right. this up here real quick. And I want you to get back to breaking it down. So this is this Perfect. is the part where uh, he just did that action to Matt Salerno. So they ran a jet action fake to Matt Salerno. So, yes. So the linebacker that's right on the hash is the one that's responsible for Logan Diggs. Now, he's already taking a step towards the flat to try to cut off Logan Diggs. He's taken a step already inside, and as soon as he took that step inside, based on the uh, the motion by Matt Salerno, it was over as far as Logan Diggs. Because that guy doesn't open. run like Do Logan Diggs can run. No. No, I'm and, sorry. And look you at the safety. A Look at the safety as Logan Diggs gets to the flats. The safety the, literally has his back right. to that side of the field. The guy that is in between the hat. He's the only. He's the only South Carolina defender between the hashes right now, and he's headed in the wrong direction for the way this play is for the way this play is going to go. Right, and so because we had the false step by the linebacker, Logan Diggs has a step on him automatically. That that play now, of course, you still have to pitch it and catch it. Granted. But he's already he's already open, and he hasn't even gotten out of the backfield because he's you know he's going to be able to outrun a guy with a fifty number on his chest. I mean, right. he just is. That's a that's a matchup win for Notre Dame on top of the fact that he took a step in the wrong direction, a false step, right? So, at the very least, this is going to be a 10, 15, 20 yard game. Right. right? It's a twenty five yard game by the sheer design of the play. Correct. And that's where a corner or a safety can make a play on him. But yes. Braden Lindsay had the guy so far off, and then that guy was keying Braden, and then Braden went right. to block him, and the guy stepped inside. So then Braden turns back to peel because the guy took himself out of the play, and Logan just outran everybody. Right. And right. you know, I'm pretty sure South Carolina's players are kind of like, wait a minute, we we were told this team didn't have speed. They kept running by us the whole game. <laughs> the whole game. You know, their 230 pound guy was getting to the third level of defense. Oh, you know what I mean? The whole so game. It was uh, it it was a, it was fun to watch Vince because you know that's but see that's kind of the that's kind of the frustrating thing with with Coach Reese and that's why I will be frustrated with him at times but also defend him at times because sure. when he does this like what we saw this game what we saw against Clemson what we saw against Oklahoma State last year what we saw against North Carolina this year like when he's on. I mean, you have no chance of stopping this offense, Correct. no matter who the quarterback is. Right, I agree. And and that's the thing that you kind of look at and say, boy, I just wish, I wish that we could see that more often. Yeah, you know, that's the yeah. thing is, you just wish you could see a little bit more of that. They, Notre Dame has the tools. They have right. the guys, and obviously, there's more guys coming. You know, not having speed, not having those offensive resources, it's just not an excuse. It's not an excuse anymore. Right. But that's, you know, again, in this game, you saw him at his best. I mean, just like there was another play that I love just about using how South using like you you use certain plays to set up others or you use your success of certain plays to then take advantage of other things. So what did they have success with early? 
in the past game. They're hitting the slides and they're hitting the overs. Mm-hmm. Right. And Tyler Buckner had that overthrow to Jaden Thomas, which oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up because Dude, I, th- this is still, beautiful. I still don't get this. I don't know how he completes this ball. I'm, I'm going to pull this up from the, Talking about the third game. down. The... Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so I, I just want to pull this play up, Vince. This is the play to, to Jaden Thomas. <laughs> how, how does he get this ball off? Oh, well, he's literally getting pushed down right now. He's getting hit in the face right now. Yes. He's got the ball out, and he throws this thing way out over here. It just like this is when he's at his best, when he just can catch it and throw it and doesn't yeah. have to worry about like taking steps. And that's the stuff he's going to have to clean up a little bit, right? Sure. Because he, you know, and we'll, we'll get into his performance specifically, but so this was off the over concept from Jaden Thomas. We'd had another couple plays like that. We saw them hit uh, some of the slides. And so they had that play in the second half that, that was on the, uh, the touchdown that made it 24, 24, the play. So they ran an inside zone to Audric Estime. He cuts back 19 yard gain. That first big run of the second half was, was third of the third quarter was an inside zone cutback, mm-hmm. which is why I've always said, if you can counter duo and inside zone together, you you can't stop this run game. How how many times have we said that during the year? And he did a great job of that on Saturday with Coach Reese did, and the offensive line blocked it really well. So they had that run, and the very next play, they had Jaden Thomas and Tobias Merriweather into the boundary, and they showed that action again, that play action, kind of that boot outside action, and Jaden Thomas starts kind of is it was I call it an arrow corner, but they so, kind of sold like the the over route, right? And then and South Carolina bit on it, and yeah. then he planted and went out to the corner, and right. he was wide open. Buck, Buckner just throw, I mean, pretty ball, just drives right great the top. ball. It was a twenty five yard gain, and then they scored two plays later. Yeah, and so they ran duo the next play for twelve yards, and then they that's when they ran that counter tray off the sweep action on the very next play with Chris Tyree for to Buckner for a touchdown, and just like wow, that was a masterful series. But that worked series. because you had been hitting so much. They had run a lot of yeah. overs. Some they threw, some they didn't. They hit a lot of overs early. South Carolina was looking to then jump those overs, and so they come back with that. It's a great counter, but it's countering before they stop you. That's what a great that's what great play calling is. I was going to say Blake, great play caller. I'm not trying to say that. That's he did a great job play calling in this game. Yeah, he's a great play caller can do this consistently, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where Coach Reese has to get to. But when he's on his game, he can do great play calling, and we saw that Saturday. And and this was an example because a great play caller doesn't wait for you to stop what's working before I use something to set something else up. Right. It's. You know, sometimes it's because they stop it, and why did they stop it? And that's what happened on the touchdown run. They they ran that counter tray action with the sweep action. They handed off on the sweep, and they blew it up. Said, okay, I got that in my back pocket. We, right. we need a play. We're going to go back to that. But don't wait for them to stop your over concepts before you go to this play. Don't wait for them to react and make adjustments to Chris Tyree's action before you hit that Braden Lindsay post route for a touchdown. And those are the things I like to see, Vince. And even the, the last touchdown was the same thing. Yeah, they were overplaying when Tyler Buckner would bootleg. They overplayed the heck out of it, and that's why Logan Diggs was because what what had just worked that previous series, or the, the two previous plays before that. What got the third down conversion? It was another boot slide route to Chris mm-hmm. Tyree. They got open. They hit that what six or seven times in this game, <laughs> and every time they hit a seventy-five yard touchdown on the slide. Logan Diggs or uh, Jaden Thomas converted a third down on a slide route. Chris Tyree had just converted a third down on the slide route. So what do they do? They showed that slide action with Tyler Buckner booting out. And so South Carolina's, oh, got to play it. And he he actually was open. 
He could have maybe fit that slider out there and maybe scored on that play as well. But instead, he throws it back and he's wide open. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be there. It just it was really just like I said, South Carolina was always one step behind Notre Dame from a play design and play calling standpoint. And and that's why Notre Dame was able to have three turnovers, two pick sixes, and still miss win the game. Three yeah. or four wide open big plays. He had he had uh George uh or George George Takis. He had Mitchell Evans early in the game on a did you do you remember that verts concept? He ended up throwing it to the uh, open to the or throwing it away to the left, not throwing it away. Due to Deion Cozy to the left, he looks at the safety, and the safety is flat-footed. And George and Mitchell Evans is running a seam route right down that side. He's looking right at him, and then he goes away to, to, to Deion Cozy on a go route. If he just sees that and sees this guy's flat-footed and just throws that ball right over the top, Mitchell Evans runs underneath it, and it's a touchdown. Yeah. Right? There was the, the wheel to Chris Tyree that he underthrew. If he hits Chris Tyree in stride, I'm telling you, Vince, he either outruns the defense or he's got to make one guy miss, and it's a big play. At the very least, it's a 35-yard gain. Right. They were three just misses away from being a 640, 650-yard offensive game in, in the 50s and points. Sure. I mean, it, it was it was that it was that dynamic. And the patience with the run game, Vince, was a big thing for me. They knew that South Carolina was going to try to stop shut down the run game. And so they came out early and they had answers for it. You know, ran a bootleg on the first play of the game. That's another play that Tyler missed. That third down call to Jaden Thomas, or the 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 third down play to Jaden Thomas that uh, he missed him on. I mean, he's wide open. He's yeah. wide open. They just ran a like a post out is really all they did. I'm actually going to pull that one up because you know talk about just missed opportunities, Vince. It's like you know even some of the stuff that didn't work was there. This is the this is the first third down of the game. And here it is. Look how open Jaden Thomas is on this play. Buckner just misses him. He's wide open. He's wide open. He just misses him wide. He's down here. He's down here. And the ball's coming out here. That's like the second play of the third. That's that first third Third, down of the game. Yeah, the first third down of the game. Yeah. 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 yeah, He's wide open. He over he just overthrew him. He was 100 percent open. Yeah. Yeah, He just missed him. him. And I and that you know, Russ with that. Whatever. You know what I mean? It was the first series of the game. But I was like, okay. The, the point is, there's stuff that was there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come out the next series, you run duo, then they ran a now screen, then they ran verts, and they ran power read uh, to Chris Tyree on a jet that went for eight yards, then pass, then they ran verts, and they ran a slide, then they ran duo, and that's the then they that's the drive they went on a touchdown. So they knew that they were going to play them that way. You come out the next series, and you, you on second and ten, you run the jet. You run the jet sweep to the sh- little shovel pass to, to Chris to uh, Brain Lindsey, and then you end up that drive with, a, with an interception. He was trying to throw to to Mitchell Evans on that play. I went back and looked at it. He was looking at Mitchell Evans. He shouldn't have. Been. He should have been looking for the check down to Logan Diggs. But you know they just made a play on that one. Then you come back the next series. You go duo inside zone, then a boot slide on third down to Jaden Thomas. That's the one he picked off the ground. Then you were in that counter. Was a great catch, right. by the way. Yep. You run that counter play side for 12 yards. You run a, a quarterback counter with a pitch action. Uh, they run an inside zone play after delay a game, and he keeps it for a yard. Then the next play, he hits that over to to, to Jaden Thomas. That was on the third and 12. You know, and then you, you, the very next play, you run inside zone read. Buckner pulls it and runs for 21 yards. Like So they knew that South Carolina was going to play the inside run. So what did they do? They got outside. Mm-hmm. 
right? So people say, well, you know, the run game, that's because South Carolina was key to that. So what did Notre Dame do? They just ripped them up with a lot of other stuff. And the point that I'm making is South Carolina only stopped Notre Dame a couple times in this game. That's it. Every other time it was Notre Dame stopping themselves. I agree. And and that's something that I heard Marcus Freeman say. And, and listen, and the, I think it was the video I talked to. He might have talked about. He said, stop beating Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. And it was so obvious that that was on both sides of the ball. We'll get to the defense here in a second. But once they clean that stuff up, man, there's just there was just no chance for South Carolina. Yeah. It was no chance. It was just it was just fun to watch this offense. Like there, mm-hmm. there's been there's definitely been times where either I've been sitting next to you or we've been texting about it or whatever. Where watching the offense is frustrating. Like it's frustrating to watch this offense, right? This for me, and especially watching it back, because we we and little peek behind the curtain, we were doing something a little bit different with how we were charting the game and doing some stuff. So I didn't see as much of the actual game as I wanted to, like some of the lead mm-hmm. up, some of the motion, you know, <clears throat> some of that kind of stuff. So rewatching, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> it was fun to watch. Yeah. It was creative. And frustrating at times too. Oh yeah. I get that. Yeah. Totally. But this offense to me was, it was, it was more fun to watch than it's been in a long time. And I don't know. You could just you could just tell that there was more available to Tommy, whether that was a conscious decision or what. There was it was just more of a creative situation for me, and it was fun to watch. So I enjoyed the I enjoyed the offense in this game. I thought the play of the offensive line was a little bit better on the rewatch than I thought it was live. It wasn't great, but it was better than I thought. I thought Joe Walt. Didn't have a great game. He gave up a big pressure early, just turned the guy loose, let a guy yeah. run around him. Blake Fisher got driven back once. Zeke Crow kept getting knocked off the ball because they were just coming hard at him, but he but did he a really nice yes, really nice yeah. job of just not losing engagement. Yes. And that was good. I thought Josh Lug, he missed a, he missed getting up to the second level on a stretch play. If he does, that play goes. He, he, you know, again, he doesn't have to reach, just keep working out. He kind of stopped working. And I think this is kind of what happens when you don't run this play a lot. That's why I think they need to rep a more diverse run game more often. On stretch, Vince, you got to keep working at second level because what, what, hopefully, what will happen is, is eventually your back makes a vertical cut and that guy runs right into you. Yeah. And, and he just stopped and it's, he looked back instead of continuing to work to that. So he, like, he had that miss. But I thought, you know, Blake Fisher a little – I think Blake had a – Blake was not prepared for the size and physicality of the South Carolina edge players early because he just doesn't face guys that are that big that move like those guys do. Jordan Birch and that number 91 were dudes in this game, Vince. Yeah. But once Blake got comfortable with that, he was much better and ended up playing really well as the game wore on. He had some really good blocks in that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, him and Josh Lug had a couple really dominant blocks in that game. And so you expect that from a young guy mm-hmm. playing a, a team that's going to throw a lot of different stuff at you. I thought the young tackles needed some time to adjust to that, the speed of that. They haven't faced a good defensive line in a while. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, say SC doesn't have one. BC didn't have one. Navy didn't have one. It, really, since Clemson, and they has. I mean, that was over almost two months ago that they faced yeah. a good D line. Yeah, and they. I think it, good, it took them a quarter to kind of get caught up to the speed. Sure. And so once they did that, man, it was well. And, you know, and, and like yeah. you said, and I think this is this is also part of it. It was also scheme related. 
I mean, yeah. there, there, some of the stuff that the interior was doing and having a lot of hats in the box and all of those different things, until Notre Dame proved that they could stretch things out, get things to the outside, and stretch things vertically, why would they not have a bunch of guys in the box? And I think that once Notre Dame was able to schematically help out the offensive line, right, then after that they just wore out. South Carolina. I mean, mm-hmm. towards the end of the game, I mean, they it didn't matter how many hats were going to be in the box. They they just absolutely yeah. wore them out. So yeah, and that doesn't happen immediately. You don't wear a team True. out in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like right. You you kind of need to keep going at it and keep going at it well, to wear them out. And that's what I liked about the game plan, Vince, because I felt like they did a good job of hey, let's not like, what what had happened like against USC and in the regular the other USC. And what happened against like Navy and some of those teams is like when those teams would run the heavy inside, like they just eat up all the inside gaps and overwhelm them with numbers and twists and stunts. There was nothing they could go to. Right. They had no counters to that. Now, part of that's their own fault. You know, you should have been stretched rep inside zone and things like that. Sure. But not having that quarterback that can really be a weapon there, it, it caused problems. I mm-hmm. still think there's other things they could have done and sure. should have done and all that. But that's what they that's what they were doing. And in this game, I thought having the quarterback that could run, having using Jaden Thomas really affect. Because again, where did Jaden Thomas make all his plays this game? From the slot, mm-hmm. right? Using him there, he's so good there. We talked about that he's, all year, Brian. About because all the stuff he made, yes. the overs, the corner, that's all Michael Mayer plays during the regular season. We talked about this, Vince. That's all right. stuff they would use Mayer for in the regular season. You know, who was the guy that caught all those slide routes off bootlegs this year? It's Michael Mayer. Right. Who was the guy that would have ran that that boot corner route in a regular season? It'd have been Michael Mayer. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they did a great job of using Jaden Thomas to do that stuff, which, as you said, Vince, we've been talking about for months. And so that was good. But I just felt like they didn't they didn't unnecessarily shove inside run down South Carolina. So, but they didn't abandon it either. Right. And so fans see that and they see, well, you know, they're not running the ball, they're not getting to push. That's fine. Because right. They, they, they're they've setting them up for something else. You can't just yeah. abandon the inside run. And then once they started having success in the perimeter and that softened South Carolina up a little bit and they weren't flowing as, because what you saw in the second half of South Carolina's downhill run stunts weren't as aggressive. Why? Because they had run by so many stuff. Hey, you want to run an inside run stunt and then we're going to hit you with a post over your head or we're going to hit you with a slide route for 75 yards or whatever the case may be. It forced them to back off. And so then Notre Dame comes back with inside zone for 39 yards stretch for 29 yards inside zone cut back for 19 yards duo for 12 yards right then all of a sudden that stuff starts working and it wasn't that the o-line played better it's that they it forced them there was an that's when notre dame got the numbers advantage back and that's why they had success and that's what i keep trying to get people to understand is you have you, you. I don't care how good you are as an offensive line. I don't care how bad the opposing team's run defense is. If you can't beat a team throwing the football and or getting the ball outside, you have no chance. No chance. I agree. And we saw that in this game. And yes. it was just it was one of the it was I called Ryan after breaking the film down again and I said, man, this was this was one of the most diverse, well called, well executed run games I've seen in a while. Because I've had people say to me like, you know, do you think Notre Dame didn't really run the ball that well against South Carolina? And I'm like. They went for 264 yards and averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Their longest run was only 39 yards. I mean, only. It was a long run. I mean, it would have been 80 if you 
if he had 80 more yards to go, I mean, he, he was going right. to score from wherever he, he caught yeah, that right. hand off. Yes, <laughs> you know what true. I mean? But that is you know, true. it just happened to the end zone was only 39 yards away. The point <laughs> being, it's not like they had a 75-yard touchdown pass to pad the stats of the run game. I mean, Buckner had a, a run of over 20. Diggs had a run yeah. over 20. Estimate had a run over 20. You know, was I think the Clemson game, Vince, I don't think they had a run over 20 in that game, if I remember correctly. That's what was a, so amazing about it was that just game. A bludgeoning in the right. Clemson game. Like that's it was just a different why situation. we talked about this. What was the reason for that? Because Clemson was the one team that went into their game against Notre Dame thinking we can play them straight up. We don't need to outplay them with numbers. We don't need right. to run and stunt our way to they had what right. their longest they had one run of 20 yards. Their longest run of that game was Logan Diggs for 20 yards. Audrey estimate had 104 yards on 18 carries. His longest run was 13 yards. Yeah. I mean, it was that kind of right pounding because they tried to play Notre Dame straight up. You can't do that. Navy just said, nope, we're going to bring eight guys in the box and they're going to let Drew Pine throw for a bunch of yards because they felt in the second half, Drew Pine wasn't going to make those plays to beat you. So USC did the same thing. And lo and behold, Drew wasn't able to make those plays in the second half against USC. Wasn't able to make those plays, you know, when you need to make those plays. Tyler was now Tyler made the mistakes. He's got to clean that stuff up. Sure. Absolutely. And, and somebody asked a question, Vince, that I wanted to pull up. Uh, Toe Jam said, you know, does the Gator Bowl team beat Ohio State? And my answer is no, because you can't throw two pick sixes and, and no, throw and yeah. have three turnovers and beat Ohio State. See, Ohio State's offense is too good to allow you to, you know what I mean? Like right. they're they're going to pounce on that, you know, on, on the two pick sixes. I, I was never nervous about south carolina's offense doing anything to notre dame i I just right their their actual offense didn't do a whole lot of damage to notre dame yeah there's stuff and we're going to talk about defense there's stuff that was disturbing at times and things like that but it was more what the notre dame defense was doing not what the south carolina offense was doing to them like i i was never nervous about south carolina's offense doing anything i just but ohio state's a different conversation like that's they would have been like, oh, 14 free points? Awesome. Let's right. put up a few more. Like, right. They would have rolled. Would and that's the thing. That's what's got to get better. Yes. Right? It's those mistakes that have to get better. Right. Even the play call that we hated, the interception. Right. With more experience, Tyler hopefully doesn't see that. Or, I mean, sees that and see doesn't throw and that. Throw it, yeah. And just throw it away. And yeah. you actually saw him say that to Marcus Freeman. I actually, last night was the first time I'd watched the TV copy of the game. You can see where he says to him, I sh-, he goes like this, I should have thrown it over the top. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, sure. And that's a learning situation right. for his third right. start. Now, what we'll say is you shouldn't have made the play call. You you saw the right. numbers weren't there. You shouldn't have run it. Call timeout, do something. And we've seen them make this mistake again. Remember the jet sweep they ran early in the year? Was it against Stanford? Or they said they didn't have the numbers. Like, yeah, we knew we didn't have the look. We should have called timeout. That was another experience. So, I mean, that to me is a coaching mistake by Coach Reese and by Coach Freeman to not call timeout, and the communication there needed to be better. And you call timeout and go back out there and run the play and, you know, and 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 score in ball game, 45-31. It's a learning experience for your young head coach, your young offensive coordinator, and your young quarterback. Mm-hmm. But then how do they respond? And this is the best part of what I thought I saw from the offense. And this wasn't so much from a play calling thing. I mean, the play calling was good, but it was more so Vince for me from just a player mentality standpoint. They came out that very next series 
after letting South Carolina run the ball, and what do they do? Okay, let's go back to who we are. First play, duo, 17 yards. Then it was five yards, four yards, four yards, five yards, 12 yards, two yards, two yards, 10 yards, one yard, two yard, touchdown. (laughs) And it was just like, okay. I mean, that so that was what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That was a 12 play drive that started with seven minutes and 39 seconds left on the clock. Right. Out of those 12 plays, they threw the ball three times, one of which was for a touchdown. Right. Like two passes to, to Mitchell Evans and one pass to Chris. That's Tyree. a that is a soul stealing drive, right? Is what that is because the entire stadium got reinvigorated yeah. after that pick six. Yeah. I mean, and, and Mitchell Evans scored with a minute 38 left. They ran right. six minutes off the clock on that. Correct. Series. Correct. And, right. and South Carolina knew what was coming. Yes, absolutely. They knew what was coming. And it was just and, a methodic, yeah. like punch you in the mouth over and over type of drive. And the, the three passes, one was for five yards, one was for 10 yards. And then one was the touchdown. Yeah. Like, it, they weren't like big time passes. It was just within the offense. Here we go. Punch you in the mouth. Punch you in the mouth. You know, it was, it was pretty great. I yeah. mean, it was, that's why I was never, because of what the drive was to get them to the pick six area, right? It was a mm-hmm. great drive by Notre Dame as well. Right. right. But it was the mindset of, they almost came back out that next series pissed. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And that is the mindset of <laughs> right. the head coach, though, too. That's like, where you want Notre Dame to be. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because did you see Freeman's face? He was, he's, he's got this like snarl. Like, look, he's like, you know, it's like, it's like you see that and you're like, it's, they're pissed. And Tommy was pissed. And the offensive line was pissed. And Harry's pissed. And Buckner was pissed. Yeah. And they just came out the next year and said, you guys kind of screwed up here. Like, you pissed us off, you know, and to just, it, to just go down there and, and cause here's the thing I loved. And this is also Tommy Reese reading the room, which is a very important ingredient to being a great play caller. He could have gone back and gotten cute and creative on that next series, but he said, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> cause the game was tied. You couldn't run the clock out. That was not a run the clock out drive. No. That was a, we're going to score, but we're going to take, like you said, take your soul. He didn't do some of the creative stuff that had got them there. He went back to the heart and soul of this team, which is still when when the game is on the line, what is the best part of your football team? Your line and your backs. And he rode them. Yep. And to me, that's an underrated aspect of this game. We didn't see him. Now, we did on like the third, the two third down calls were real creative. But the stuff to get there, it was kind of getting back to he he felt like, okay, my guys are he, they're leaning on South Carolina. That's why we should have run the ball there instead of throwing that play. So I'm going to go back to that, and we're leaning on him, and we're pushing him around. Let's do that. And then, of course, it worked out beautifully because they scored, but then took six, six minutes over six minutes off the yeah, clock. Six six minutes in a to second. Do so. Like that was that was great. I mean, it was that was a great that that might have been one of the best drives of the game to be because of everything that was the pressure of that drive, the situation, all of it. It was like that was the best drive of the game. A, because Notre Dame went to what they what who they are, what they're right. good at, and they executed it all the way down the field. Right, best drive of the game, no doubt right. about it. And uh, 
there's a conversation about SEC speed going on. All I know is, is I just watched an SEC team that beat Tennessee by 30 something was clearly not the fastest team on the field that day. I'm just going to say like, we hear that all the time from S from SEC fans. Oh, they, don't the speed. they don't have the speed of Alabama. All right. That's about it. I mean, I'm sorry. We've seen them. They had no problems with the speed of LSU twice. They had no problems with the speed of Georgia twice. They had no problems with the speed of Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Like, let's just chill out with some of that stuff. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, but just off that's with all offense, Vince. Let's move over to the defense. Everything we just said about the offense, <laughs> <laughs> polar opposite on defense. The offense looks so well prepared for this game. Like, it's one thing for Tommy Reese to have a lot of stuff in the game plan. That's fine. Anybody sure. can have a lot of stuff in their game plan. Right. What I liked, Vince, was what the players were prepared to execute it for the mm -hmm. most part. I mean, there's some misses here and there, but they were like technical. I mean, Buckner rushing his feet, not setting his feet, you know, not going. I mean, the play he threw to Deion Colsey, first of all, he should have thrown the slide or the under to Mitchell Evans, first of all. Second of all, he had Deion Colsey open. He just rushed his feet and short armed it and threw it into the ground. That's a technical mistake. Mentally, sure. he knew where to go with the football. I thought the, the players were clearly prepared on offense to go out there and execute against South Carolina there the in the lack of execution at times was it was clearly player mistakes for the most part the coaching error was we said is the last interception but up to that it was just you know misses you know Jaden Thomas is open Tyler's just got to hit him that kind of stuff defensively Vince I'm gonna let you run with this <laughs> and I talked to Ryan about this too because I'm like am I seeing something they didn't know what they were doing mm -hmm. on offense the the run fits were terrible in the first half they were looking to the sideline, trying to figure out what's going on when the ball's getting snapped. They weren't lined up. They weren't playing hard because they yeah. were unsure of what they were doing. Yep. Yep. It's like you had a month to prepare, and this is what you're doing. It was really frustrating to watch because it wasn't so much that South Carolina had the scheme going, like Tariq Bracey gets beat because he wasn't sure of, like, am I supposed to cover that guy? Right. It was there's so much of that, Vince. And if it wasn't for a couple South Carolina, like the fumble, I wasn't a nobody didn't force that out. I just dropped it. He just dropped it. So they caught some breaks early with South Carolina's yeah. offense missing some plays. But I mean, it, they were woefully unprepared defensively in the first half, Vince. I agree. woefully unprepared. There, there were multitude of times where they weren't even lined up when the play would start i mean they weren't even lined up like, they were all standing around at, at time you know they they were not prepared it felt like to play defense on numerous occasions in the first half there were communication issues in the secondary no doubt about it there were just it looked like a team who was unsure of themselves playing okay some of that maybe had to do with the fact that they subbed a little bit more than they normally do. Maybe. Maybe that had to do with the fact they had too much in. Maybe. All I know is by the time they got to the second half and it was very clear that they simplified things, then they just started to be able to play some defense. And they were flying to the football. They were game tackling. They were not hesitating when it, you know, they, they were not hesitating what they think they saw. <clears throat> they were just flying. And, it was a difference of two halves for me defensively. It just, it absolutely was a difference of two halves. It was very clear they, 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 they did like, I thought they made adjustments. They made a couple adjustments coverage wise. Uh, they made a couple adjustments with some of their third down stuff. 
which we'll get into here in a second. But it was really just about simplifying. Just mm-hmm. line up and play hard just and run play. the ball. Play. And and so it was really frustrating. Like like the the they had some great South Carolina. First of all, I got to give South Carolina some credit. They had some great third down play calls. The delay screen on that first third down that went for the big play, the shovel pass on the third shovel down, pass the third underneath quarter, to the tight end. Great like, play call. I what mean, is that? That it's was great. a great play call. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it was. wasn't a wide shovel. It was a A-gap shovel. Yes. Which – It was like a move. Yeah. Everybody over and then right. whoop. Like, yeah, it was, right. it was impressive. It was, it was a really good play call. I thought that was impressive, Vince. And second half, it was just kind of like line up and play and let your dudes be dudes, which is like, why do we have to keep having this conversation? Because that's been true all year. Right. And that's the frustrating thing for me. And, and it was it was very much for me – a situation of, and and we talked about this a little bit, they they were doing a lot of different things in the first half offensively to Notre Dame and the defense to try to mess with them and get them where they didn't want to be. There was just a lot of cutesy stuff. There was a lot of really good play calls, but some of those, you can't call those plays twice. You know what I mean? And and they they worked, they were really good. But my thing, but my issue with the defense Vince was, and you're correct, you said this during the game. You're like they're pulling out all the tricks in their in their you know their bag, right? And here's my problem. Notre Dame offensively with Tom Maurice and Chancey Stuckey and Harry Heastan and Jared Parker and Dylan McCullough, that staff knew who they were. Yeah. They knew how South Carolina was going to defend them and they had answers before they got stopped, right? Defensively, what are, they're a heavy blitz team on third down. So they came out early on and guess what? They blitzed. Mm-hmm. And what happens? South Carolina gashes them on third down. And it's kind of like, how do you not know that? Like, why are you not as prepared for your tendencies? Uh, you know, when After when a month. Right. Right. And so it, it's it's just one of those things where you just kept trying to be who you are instead of saying it's been a month. You got to have some stuff. You got to know who you are. Know that that other staff is not idiots. They're going to have some stuff to stop that. Notre Dame's offense knew they were going to try to shut down duo. So what right. they do, they took advantage of that and had some chunk plays early in the throwing game and the passing game and things like that. Because I would argue that a lot of those little slide routes are extensions of the run game. I mean, you could argue they had over 400 yards passing or rushing if you want to count those because you had that little 75. That's a run, That's off the running play. That works <laughs> because of the running game. Oh, for sure. Right? And then, yeah, the 20, you know, they had the 20, not 400, I'm sorry, 300. Uh, close to 400 because you had the 70. They threw for what 294, right? 294. Threw for 294. Well, no, he, the, threw, he threw for 270 something. You got to add the 20. Oh, that's right. That's Sherwood. right. That's right. <laughs> 274. Uh, see, for Buckner, 220 for Sherwood. Then you had the 75 <laughs> yarder for, um, you know, the 75 yarder was off of a, a run action. You had the, t- the 10 yard completion to Chris Tyree was basically off of that. Yeah, Jaden Thomas had a 12-yard gain off of that. I mean, so you get the point, right? I mean, it was a lot of that was off of the run game. It's it's RPOs off of the run game. And so defensively that you weren't prepared for that is just troublesome for me. And that the head coach has kind of got to step in and be like, let's simplify things a little bit. And then, you know, then they would come out in the second half and they were showing fire and then they would smoke. And South Carolina, Spencer Rattler didn't have answers. And what happened at that point in time when they started just bringing four, D-line took the game over. And it's like shocker. Yeah. You know, like Jordan Patelho going off. Justin Adamiola is going off. 
Riley Mills had some big pressures in that game. Howard Cross had a couple big pressures in that game. And it's kind of like, even without your dude, your top two dudes, your D-line still took that game over in the second half. Why? Because you turned them loose. And it just frustrates me that still after 12 games, after everything that happened, I'm watching Tulane today get ripped up USC by USC. But you know why they won that game? Because eventually they were able to make enough plays and they were aggressive and they went after USC and they were able to make enough USC mistakes allow them to win that game. And then you watch Notre Dame with all the talent they have playing that really passive, like, oh, no, let's not get burned up defense. And you're just like, man, like I'm so I'm so frustrated by that. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of got me is in the second half, they they were aggressive. They were let's yes. attack down. The safeties were getting downhill. Simple. I, the D line was attacking. The linebackers were flowing to the football. I'll tell you one thing that this team did a really good job of, though, from start to finish. They were very well prepared for those perimeter. Pa- they gave up the one touchdown early, which was just a bad angle by DJ Brown. And Benjamin Morrison did not do a good job getting off that block. But outside of that one 11 yard touchdown pass, their ability to blow up the perimeter passes was a big part of what forced South Carolina to go more vertically, which is what allowed the pass rush to eventually take over. That is one thing I'll give this defensive staff credit for and then give the execution credit for is they did a really good job taking away the the RPOs, the now screens, the slides and stuff like that. Like even on one play where a guy got dropped, yeah, I think he got dropped because he heard Xavier Watts coming. <laughs> uh, like You know which play I'm talking about? It's like a third down play and Spencer threw it was, a little uh... low. Spencer missed was the it, guy. Was it uh, was it the the little swing to was this a little slide. number like eighty four? It was number. Uh, thought it was number. Was that 10. a different one? Okay, I'm but be thinking he, of a different Spencer one. ended up whiffing, but the guy kind of couldn't make the play. But I think Spencer saw saw Xavier, not the run receiver, but Spencer Rattler saw. Oh, him okay, gotcha. I said the receiver, but I was talking like he he saw Xavier Watts flying. He knew he was going to blow him up. And, and so then you started seeing it was, but it wasn't like, let's show everyone how smart we are. It's just like, let's go let them play. And they weren't perfect. You know, D, D Clarence had the mistake. I thought basically, I thought it was cover one. I just think what happened was you tell me if you, if you agree with this, Vince on the play, Clarence gets caught looking back for the football and he didn't, you can't look for the football. If you don't have a hand on the receiver, like what makes Benjamin Morrison so effective looking back for the ball is because he's got his elbow into the receiver and then he can look for the ball because he knows where the receiver is by touch. And he makes a play on it, yeah. Right. Clarence didn't have the touch of the receiver. The guy had was over top of him. He needed to play through the receiver on that play. And even if the guy caught it, shove him out of bounds before he can come down and, and, and bounce. Right. And so that was just Clarence making a mistake. I don't put that on the coaching staff. Clarence, is, he knows better. He's got to make a play there. He just, you know, is trying to find the ball. Uh, he's got He's got to do a better job there. But then after that, they tried to go at Clarence again, and he he was good. He had him locked down. So, uh, you know, you had some of those kind of mistakes, and those have got to get better, right, Vince? And no doubt, you know that those are the parts of the game that you have to you have to look at and like and feel like, hey, if they can get better here. But that's the frustrating thing is you're still 13 games in, and Tommy Reese did a lot of the thing. Like if you go back and look at our keys to the game from that game. A lot of stuff we talked about is exactly what they did. Now, I'm not saying they did it because of us. No, That's right. Clearly but... not what I'm saying. No. So, because some people take certain things uh, uh, <laughs> the wrong way. I mean, what I I'm saying is of the podcast to them. Right, I'm sure right. they were listening. But it's just about knowing who you are, right? Like one of the things, key number two, be who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's not who you were, but who you are now. Yeah. And 
They played to their strengths of this team. Like Tommy did a really nice job of playing to the strengths of this team, not the one from the regular season, but he also knew that they were going to play to what they were. And so we talked about mixing up the run game was key number three. They did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Great job of that. Key number four, attack the perimeter, take some shots. They did both of those, those things. Those. Yep. And then key number five was stay on schedule, move the chains, you know, because eventually the point was, and this, this is what I said. I want to see if I wrote it in here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, South Carolina is prone to making big mistakes on defense, which is why it tends to give up a lot of big plays. Notre Dame needs to stay on schedule in order to create more play opportunities, which then increases the chances they hit big plays, right? And they need to avoid a lot of second and longs. They avoided that all game long, for the mo- like with one exception, right? And so, what happened on the dig seventy-five yard touchdown? One guy took a bad angle of the ball. One guy. You know what happened on the touchdown of Braden Lindsey? One little mistake here, and boom, it's gone. The play to Logan Diggs. One guy takes a wrong fit to Logan Diggs, and it's out the gate because, A, Notre Dame has really good players, right? and, B, because this is what South Carolina has been prone to do. Correct. And so by staying on schedule and running a lot of plays, Notre Dame was able to then create more of those opportunities where eventually, as they wore them down a little bit more and more and more and more and more, now all of a sudden, Vince, you're able to hit those plays and you're able to beat them. Yeah, you know, and and I think this is one of Notre Dame's highest play outputs of the season. I believe I'm actually going to look this up. This was definitely a, I thought one of their top two or three total play games. Let's see here, they had 80 plays. It was the top, so number two, 85 against North Carolina. This is this was their number two 80 plus output of the, of the season, and it was the. We'll see one, two, three, fourth time this year that they were over 200 yards rushing and over 200 yards passing. And it was the second time this year they were over 250 in each area. Right. Because again, eventually the big place came, but it was that chipping away early events that led to that. Defensively, it was just, you know, you go back to the defense and it was just one of those frustrating things because, you know, your offense didn't help you right early pick right. six and all that <clears throat> yeah right but they were they you knew that south like everybody's like boy the tempo is really hurting so how did you not know that was coming right that's my thing like how did you not know that they were going to come out and go tempo early in the game how did you not know that how are you not prepared for that why are you still trying to get a million play calls in and your players are looking on the sideline as the ball's about to get snapped right that's a pro that right? that's a management problem that's a coaching problem that's a game plan problem yeah 100 agree with that yes yeah, no right. doubt, and yeah. that needs to change. I mean, right. look, Al Golden hasn't been in the college game for a long time. Okay, fine, but he's still 13 games in. Right, he should know That's who the key. he should know his personnel by now, and what they're capable of, and what they can do, and where they are at their best. Right, I think an off season will be very beneficial to this defensive staff. I really do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very interesting to see because they they have so much talent, in my opinion, on the defensive yep. side of the ball, and so much athletic ability that if you just let those guys go out and play, just let them play. Don't let them overthink it. This isn't the NFL. You don't have to have NFL concepts. This is still college, right? Let these guys go out and play. And if you can do that, this defense can take a big step in the right direction. <clears throat> this was still a pretty good defense. They, they they were a, a top 35-ish defense this year. I, I, I'm ready for them to take that next step. 
<clears throat> they have the talent to take that next step, but they need to be coached up properly to be able to go out and play that way. And it's, yeah. it's definitely possible. It, they just, Vince, defensively, it just needs to be, I'm all for creativity defensively. I am not a believer that you just line up and you run the same stuff over and over again. Nobody can do that. It's just, there needs to, they need to be able to find that happy medium between having enough stuff to keep the offense on its heels uh, and being so complicated that your players can't execute, right? And that's the thing. is like some of the stuff they were asking Jalen Smith to do early was like, why are you asking him to do that? Like he's the guy that gave up that big early play action screen. Why were you asking him to play that, right? That just – it didn't make any sense. So um, those are the things that I want to see yeah, next absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those Absolutely. things I want to see. So defensively, Vince, any other – let's talk about some of the players that we saw on defense. Yeah. Let's talk let's, about the scheme. So player-wise, I mean and, – and people in, in the chat have said it, right? I I, I thought that Jordan Batelho had a great game. I, Can I say something real quick? I want geez. you to talk about this. Yeah, Takeaways, yeah. pass rushing. I don't want to hear him talk about pass rushing. He set the edge, man. Like, yep. I, I thought he played a round – like – so watching the game live, like I said, I was inputting a lot of stuff. And so I didn't get a lot of chance to see a lot of what was leading up to each play. And I saw a lot of what happened during the play. And so when he obviously had a good pass rush, it, it stood out, you know, things like that. But when you go back and you watch the game, he played a solid football game. He was setting the edge. He was taking on double teams at times, which allowed other guys to be single covered or single blocked. Uh, I, he played his best game, no doubt about it. Now his snaps went up because obviously because of uh, Isaiah Foskey opting out of this game. So clearly his snaps were up. So this is the most snaps he had, but this is also the best game that he's played the right. entire season. All right. He's it, always shown the ability to show. The reason I said that I was setting you up because of what you said to me before the show, mm-hmm. we've always known that Jordan Patel can rush the passer when no he's doubt. mentally locked in. What this game showed to your point, Vince is, I didn't even think his pass rushing was that great in this game. He had two sacks, but like one of them, he beat a running back. And it was a a, a bit of a covered sack. Mm -hmm. Why I felt Jordan Patejo was so good Mm -hmm. is what he did in the run game. You know, he had that early read, and and he's never been a super disciplined player. But like the early tackle for loss, it was considered a sack, but I I didn't consider it a sack. I considered it a tackle for loss, where they were running a read, and Spencer Rattler kept it, and Jordan just stayed on him and just took him down. And you're like, that's a discipline play. Yes. You haven't seen him make those discipline plays in the past. Correct. And, and setting the edge and not like what had what would happen in the past is he would be setting the edge and then he would see the ball and then he'd try to react to the ball. Yeah. But when you're setting the edge, you can only react to the ball if it clears you or if, if the guy declares to your outside. And so then he would react and then he'd get sealed and then the bounce would go outside of him. He didn't do that. He stayed disciplined. He stayed patient. Right. And he was holding guys yes. up and he was doing yeah. – I mean, he 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 played like I said. He played his most complete football game up to this point. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And 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 you had mentioned this before. It's never been about his talent level. We always knew that he was talented. We always knew that he was gifted physically. We always knew that he could do it. He hasn't always shown the best discipline on the field, and he hasn't shown all the best discipline off the field. If he can put those things together, and he showed the discipline on the field in this game. And it's about maturity. These are still kids. Right. I, I, you know, it is what it is, right? But if he can put all that together, he could be a really good football player for Notre Dame. 
And and we right. saw glimpses of that on Friday, and it was really fun to watch. Yeah. Really I thought fun. Riley Mills played well in the game. <clears throat> I thought Justin Adamiola had a really nice close to the game. I thought J.D. Bertrand had two fit mistakes, I felt, in the game. But other than that, I thought he played a pretty solid football game. He came downhill, I thought. I thought he read and reacted to what South Carolina was trying to do in the run game. I thought he did a really good job of that. He he had some sideline to sideline plays that he made and talking about JD uh and he played he played well for the vast mm-hmm. majority of the game. There's no doubt about that. Yep. I thought the two one of the, if you want to project into next year what we saw from this game which I think could be risky. Fans, I don't like like the Buckner thing. It was great that Buckner played well. It doesn't guarantee he's going to play like right. this every game, right? Like it's a bowl game. We need to make sure we're not making too many sweeping. How many times have we seen a team play on a bowl game and then the media spends a whole offseason hyping them up, put them in the top 10, and they go out there and get curb stomped like the whole next year, right? Right. I don't want to put too much on that and get like too ahead of ourselves. But, you know, we, I'm, I'm really, I was really pleased by the two young safeties. I thought that was really nice to see. Was the two young safeties, Henderson Ramon Henderson and, and Xavier Watts? Yep, and I, I thought Watts they both played be... really well. Yeah, Ramon <clears throat> played well too. He did. He he had a couple of nice hits. He had yeah. a missed tackle or two that I really wanted him to clean that up a little bit. But overall, mm-hmm. if we go into twenty three with those two at starting starting at safety, yeah, I'm, I'm okay if, with if it. they play like they did in the bowl game. Right? Yeah, that's no, no, gonna no. Be the key. Right, absolutely, and right. I, I want a third obviously to step up and, you know, whoever that happens to be, I know who I want it to be, but whoever that third one is and, and get a nice little three-way rotation there. <clears throat> but I agree with you. I, I was going to bring up Xavier Watts for sure. I, I thought he played, not only did he play a good bowl game, but I thought he's played a very good second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And that deflection that he got in the end zone, which would have been a touchdown if he doesn't get his head around and deflect that ball. I thought that was great. I thought he made mm-hmm. a lot of nice tackles. He was coming downhill very well. He should have had a pick on the sideline. Uh, you know, I can't remember which what, what the play was, but it was right on the sideline. He turned it, kind of went off of his forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he played well. He played really, really well. I think he solidified himself as a starting safety. Yeah, in next year. you're talking about Xavier, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ramon or DJ Watts, DJ yeah. Brown made that one bad play early on the touchdown, bad angle. He played solid. He played solid football after that. I thought he tackled well. He had two open field tackles in the game, which had been an issue for him all year. And then he made such a great read. Now it ended up working out that he didn't pick it off, but the play he made to force a punt on the series before Buckner hit the big play to Lindsey, he read that perfectly. Yep. Are you talking about DJ? DJ Brown. Yes. Remember he almost picked that ball off. He should have picked it off. That perfectly. (laughs) Right. Right. That was such a great read. And they actually such a great did read. a good job of showing that on replay because they had a different angle of it. It was behind where DJ was. And he was just playing the zone. And he read it and he broke on it before the ball even left the quarterback's hand. And should have I mean, that should have been a pick six is what that should have been. Right. Uh, but it was a great job of reading and reacting, which DJ Brown has not been great at. Right. But he read and reacted on that play, and it was awesome. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So, Vince, defensively also, Benjamin Morrison played well, of, of course. <laughs> a guy that I thought played good football, 
that didn't get talked a lot about because he didn't get challenged a whole lot was which was important was Jaden Mickey. Going back and breaking down the game, I thought Jaden Mickey played really well. Uh, he was good in coverage. Uh, he was he was where he needed to be. He tackled when he was there, and he almost had a play where the ball ended up getting woefully underthrown. But he came over on a deep ball. He came over off help. Do you remember the play I'm talking about? It was they were going I'm trying to think of the TV. I think it was the same as ours, right? So they're going right to left. They threw a deep ball up the right up the Notre Dame sideline, and it fell like way short of the receiver. But if that ball travels the way it's supposed to, Jaden Mickey undercuts that for an interception. Do you know what the play I'm talking about? I think it was the third quarter. Okay. And I was like, wow. Like, okay. Well, there that's was... the kind of play you expected to see from Jaden Mickey when when Notre Dame got him. And right? he, he almost had another interception on the one that was tipped by the receiver. It was over the yeah. middle. And if that doesn't get tipped by the receiver, that's a pick for Jaden Mickey. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, he was around the football yeah. an awful lot. And they tested him deep, and he was where he needed to be. Uh, yeah. And it was good to see that because of how well he he, how much he struggled. He needed that going into the offseason. You yeah. know, if we're talking about individual guys and needing some confidence, not that he lacks confidence, don't get me wrong. Right. But he still well, needed that. Success. No matter how confident you are, yeah. you keep getting beat over and over again. You start right. thinking, like, am I really as good yes. as I think I am? Because they you know? need him next year. Yeah. Like, they need him next year to take another step. Yeah. Tariq Bracey got beat early on that over route. He was pretty good after that. I'm trying to think of some others. Oh, I'll tell you a guy that, that I thought just really, really played great football in this game. And again, I thought the staff used him perfectly. It's Jack Kaiser. He was really good in this game, Vince, because again, they didn't expose him to a lot of having to cover in space a lot. Yeah. You know, they used him as a blitzer. He attacked off the edge. And I thought Jack was really good in this mm-hmm. game. He was another guy that was really good. So there were some good individual performances. The problem was just the blown assignment, the big yeah. the big plays because of a guy not being a position, and they'd have a good series, good series, get him on third down, and then give up an easy play. And you're like, what? What are you doing there? You know, <laughs> right, right? It was that kind of stuff. You know, South Carolina would, you know, they'd have him stopped, and then South Carolina would run some kind of tricky kind of play, and they weren't prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I thought those are the things that got Notre Dame in, in some trouble in this game. And um, you, you clean that stuff up because you make it to where you're not always trying to outsmart the other team. How about you let your team out athlete the other team every now and then? Right. And it's okay. Right. You know? Yeah. So. No, absolutely. And I, you know, overall, the defense, the defensive effort by Notre Dame wasn't a bad one. It's not like they played terrible by any right. stretch of the imagination. I mean, statistically, they played they had a, pretty good. They played a terrible first quarter. Correct. But they gave up I, 154 yards in the first quarter. They only gave up 200 total the rest of the game. Right. That's it. Yes. And they and I only 100 they, in the second half. Right. Yeah. So I, yes. I thought that they did a I thought they did a very good job against the run. You know, I, I mean, if you look at look if you look at their run totals, which I, which I think is hilarious. So you got the first quarter, they had 25 yards rushing. Second quarter. 25 yards rushing right third quarter three yards rushing fourth quarter 12 yards rushing you know like yeah. against the run i thought they did a really good job and then you're right total yards were, were i mean it's fantastic i mean they they, right. they went from 154 to 98 to 68 to 32 <laughs> i mean right. just when you want your defense to step up and play well that's exactly what notre dame did Yes, there are a million right. different ways that Notre Dame can improve and be better. 
But if you look at this game as a whole from a statistical standpoint, I you know, the defense played a good game, not a great game. They played a good game overall. Yeah. They played a – over the course of the game, good game. Again, they gave up 38 points as a team. That's absolutely they gave up 38 true. points defensively. Now, you and I disagreed during the game about the <laughs> fake field goal or sure. fake punt or whatever it was. Right. My point was that's on the defense because, A, it was defensive players on the field, but more so because it was the defense that allowed them to get in position to fake that play in the first place. Right? So, like, I don't fault them for the two pick sixes, right? I'm not an idiot. They gave up 24 <laughs> points. Now, what we don't know is what if either of those drives, if Notre Dame had to punt, would have resulted in points. We don't know the answer to that. Sure. But the reality is, is they made stops and they needed to make stops. I mean, the mm-hmm. offense, they, they gave up that one touchdown, 31-24. And South Carolina never really threatened again. Their right. only other points came on the pick six. I mean, they kept giving the offense the ball back. And that's what you want them to do. Absolutely. You know? I mean, Absolutely. You know, and you clean up the first quarter and it's a different ball game. Absolutely. Look, South Carolina had good yards. I thought early on they struggled to to stop the run. It was frustrating, but they settled in after that. And Mm -hmm. again, they let the D line loose. Nana setting the edge, Riley making plays, Howard Cross making plays, Jason, Justin Emuel making plays, Justin Batejo making plays, Gabriel Rubio taking up space, right? I mean, they've got to still get a little bit better at the D line tackling in space. There was that one play that should have been a big sack that Rattler ends up scrambling out of it. That should have been a 15-yard loss. You know, there's some of that stuff that happens, but, you know, I'm sorry, Gabriel Rubio in space against Spencer Rattler is not a matchup that a 295-pound kid anywhere is going to win a whole lot. Sure. You know, but Chris Smith did a good job eating up space. So, I mean, I thought individually, I thought the players did well. I just think there was a lot of breakdowns by a player or two, which has been the case all year, all year. Because of the complication of the defense, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my issue, sure. With, with it, to be honest with you, absolutely. So, so anyway, um, Vince, I kind of feel like that's. I mean, is there anything else you want to? Um, anything else you kind of want to discuss? You know what I mean? No, I think we hit. I think we hit it all. I mean, I. Like I said, very happy about the offense as far as the creativity, and it was fun to watch, and I really enjoyed watching it back. The defense just set – once they settled in and things got back to normal, I know that sounds weird, mm-hmm. but back to the way that they needed to play, they did a great job. And it, it leaves me with a very good taste in my mouth moving forward. You know, I was really hoping that this game wasn't going to leave a sour taste in my mouth, win or lose – you know what I mean? And like I said, there's stuff that they can clean up, but I have a good taste in my mouth moving forward. There's excitement yeah. about the future. There's was excitement about the present, obviously, but excitement about the future, where this team can go. There's still a million questions that need to be answered as we move forward, right? A million questions that need to be answered. But as we sit here right now on January 2nd, with that being the most recent game that we have to look at until Dublin, Ohio, or Dublin, Ohio, Dublin, uh, Ireland. I, I have a good taste in my mouth about where this team is and where they're headed. So I'm happy about that. I am. It was a good game to watch back. There, there were a few games this year where, man, I didn't like watching that back. Like it was right. just like a recurring nightmare. This was a good game to watch back and it was a fun game to break down. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Good win. One of the comments that we had was from Jim Haller and Vince, and he said, um, Brian and Vince, how much momentum does the bowl get win really give them in the offseason of recruiting? I think it's a ton. I really do. I've yeah. said this before. I may be wrong, but I've been I've been at least consistent with it. You know, like I think this stuff matters. I think does it matter from the standpoint of you're now going to be a top 10 team because you won the bowl game? No, it has nothing to do with that, in my opinion. I think yeah. that's where we can make a mistake on the importance of bowl games. Because so and so, because Tulane beat USC, right? They should be a preseason. T- no, right? right. If they're a preseason top ten team because you evaluate their roster and their schedule and all that other kind of stuff. That's why preseason rankings right. are a joke. But that's a different conversation. We've seen so much of that, right? I, I don't care about how this impacts their preseason ranking. I mean, Notre Dame was eight and five, and lost what? How many of their last? They lost to Stanford at the end of the year, then lost a bowl game to Florida State. That's what they did the year before they went to the national title game in 2012. Right. Yeah, good point. Right? So it doesn't have anything to do with that. But I do think it has, a, as I said, a lot to do with confidence. And especially when you're a younger team. And and and, and that's what they're going to be next year. As I said, that eight sophomores. This is the other thing about the offense. <laughs> how much better prepared the offense was than the defense. Here's the other part about that. Starting lineup for the defense was – Junior, junior, mm-hmm. senior, senior at defensive line, senior, senior, senior at linebacker, freshman corner, who was your best player. Uh, see, senior corner, fifth year senior corner, junior corner, junior safety, junior safety with a fifth year senior, two fifth year senior safeties working in. And that group was the one that was unprepared to play the game. The group that was sophomore quarterback, sophomore running back, sophomore at all receiver spots, sophomore tight end, sophomore at both tackle spots was the better prepared, better coach team. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exciting to me. See, I, I'm i an offensive guy. I, that excites me. But I'm also not an idiot. I'm an analyst as well. You need both sides of the ball right. to, win, to win anything significant. You know? Right. I mean, we, we – if that wasn't proven today in the last few days, I don't know what was. You need to be balanced on both sides of the ball. But, man, am I excited for this offense. I haven't been excited for Notre Dame's offense in a long time, and I'm excited about Notre Dame's offense. Right. That's where I'm at. Well, and it, it, and there's a long way to go, but the talent is certainly there, and that, that was an exciting thing to me. And, and, you know, the reason the thing for me is, Vince, I think they needed that confidence boost. They needed the confidence in themselves, the confidence in their coaches, the confidence in their teammates. And I think if Tyler Buckner is going to be the quarterback again, they needed a game like this so they could get confidence in him. Sure. And I think that's a big part of it. It's like, yeah. look, he may make some throws that are going to make you mad and make you like, why mm-hmm. but keep running because he's going to get you those when you need them. Like, sure. you know, Jaden Thompson, like, hey, man, you know, like, why you throw that ball at my feet? But then he makes up for it by throwing him two dimes. Yeah. In other situations, you yeah. know, especially one where yeah. he's getting drilled right in the face. Like I'll say this about Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. The talent gap is so obvious. But here's one thing they both have in common. They are tough freaking kids. Yes. Physically tough freaking kids. You know, Drew Pine showed it all year and Tyler Buckner showed it in this game. And that kid, you'd think a kid coming off the injury he had would, would be like real tentative. <laughs> Not you. You know, nope. in a in a vacuum, if you watch this game, if I if you just came down from space and you right. you wanted to watch an American football game, and I said, "Hey, which quarterback do you think was injured?" You know, for the last three months, you're not picking yes. Tyler Buckner, man. I'm telling you that right now. The way he ran the ball, the way he took those hits, the way he wasn't afraid to throw the ball in the face of pressure, 
he didn't play like he was injured, man. And say what you want about Tyler Buckner and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but he played with guts in that game. Yeah. Absolute guts. Now clean some stuff up. That's going to be the next step. Absolutely. Right. Special teams wise, I just want to say this. So obviously I tried to get the on the all 22, the play that of the fake punt, but it wasn't on there. They only had kickoff and kick return. So I couldn't find a way. Oh. I couldn't find a clip and it was just on the TV copy. They just didn't show it. It's horrible. But basically what happened was, is the, the side of the line just wasn't prepared. They just ran a seam route and Clarence Lewis didn't because run they, them. They were lined up in like a swinging gate. Yeah, uh, you know, and he was like, up. they were looking around. Brian Point, Brian Mason was trying to get a call in, and they were like, "Who's yeah. doing what?" And by the time they snapped the ball, the Notre Dame players weren't ready. Right, and they got beat over the top. That's pretty much what happened. Yep. Um, so, but after that, man, I thought the special team settled in pretty good. You know, the only Absolutely. two big plays that South Carolina made after that were because they needed to have illegal blocks to get guys open and guess what they got they called got called back. Yeah. jd bertrand was was a trip man i don't know if you could see it on the tv copy i didn't get to that point but as soon as he got blocked in the back and fell he just he just stands up and just starts going like this like <laughs> and not even looking at the ref like call it call he just he just knew he was like that's a, that's a you know i mean he was there and the guy hit him right in the back and he got know, and he lit just knew. up and had no idea that guy was coming it was the definition of a blindside block and that's the right. one that beamer was going postal about on the sideline yeah. It's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, and I'm not it, even, and I'm not even talking about that one. I'm talking about the other one where he got blocked in the back. There was another one late. Oh, that, that wasn't the first one you're talking about. Uh, I no, it, it might have. Well, there was one. Was it JD that got called on? It was actually JD on both times. Was it on both of them? It was he. He was the guy that got <laughs> that they he got flagged both times. I didn't realize he was the second one. I know he was yeah. the first one for sure. So, but it was hilarious. He's like, that's a flag. That's you know. But I just loved that. Okay. You want to get us? We're gonna get you. And that fake punt call was so good. It was so good. And I love the Marcus Freeman's like we've been practicing all years, waiting on the right time to use it. And the right time in Marcus Freeman's eyes, and this showed me growth. And we'll talk about this in a yeah. later show, Vince, tomorrow. I don't know if Marcus Freeman makes this call two months ago. I don't think he does. He got more aggressive as the year went on, but also. Still got, you know, it's like he's not going to be that guy that says, let's just go do all these crazy things. But he just, he was willing to take more chances later. I think as he got more kind of confident in his, in his role, this is my team. He, to me, got more willing to say, hey, let's go after these guys. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I thought that was a great call because it's a tie ball game, Vince. It's 31 31, I believe, at yeah. that time, right? And you're at your own 33 yard line. And it's not like it was fourth and one, it's like fourth and four. And he makes that call, and it was just perfectly executed. And you're like, yep, 20 yard Brian game. Mason. And I mean, you forced South Carolina to get two delay games correct. on normal punts in situations where they were in their own territory. They were not trying to de- get a delay a game where no. they moved back and have more room. No. Why? Because Notre Dame was running all around the field, and they knew what they were doing. You could see that they they were just they were running, and then they would just quickly shift over, and they would start yelling. At, but you could tell they weren't really yelling at each other to like oh shoot we're adjusting it was they were in south carolina's head oh yeah and south carolina's like waiting on there's, there's literally waiting on notre dame to stop moving and notre dame never stopped moving they were so afraid of first of all they were afraid to get a punt block because they'd watch film of notre dame blocking seven right. punts right and then notre dame also b- almost blocked two jack kaiser almost had one and who was 
was a Patelho that almost had one too. I'm trying to think, but Jack almost blocked one. Jack was off to the side. Yes, and then but there was it another looked close. One as well, yeah, no, yeah, he, he was like he dove to the side so he wouldn't hit the punter, but he put right. his left arm out, almost, got almost it. got it, yeah. almost got it, and that got in their head. Oh yeah, and, and it just was like, how do you do that? It's awesome, and that just and they were shows both you in the how, second yeah. half. I yeah. believe they were both in the second half. Yeah, so that tells you right there they were in their head. I mean, that was beautiful, yep. and I, I mean. It's hard to say after South Carolina scores a touchdown on special teams, right? That Notre Dame yeah. outplayed them on special teams, but Notre Dame outplayed them on special teams. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. They did. After the touchdown. Right. 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 Because they got that back to me with the fake punt. Yes. They negated that neutralized that, that part. So that part was neutralized, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. And then they forced the two delay of games. And you had South Carolina with the two illegal blocks. Notre Dame won special teams. They won that side of the ball in this game. They did. Yep, absolutely. Got a couple Super Chats, Vince, as we wrap this yeah, thing got up. A few. Got a few of them, so we'll get to those. We don't do a normal mailbag afterwards. It's just more of answering the Super Chats. We had a, a $10 Super Chat from SB. Thank you very, very, very much. Had a couple from Paul Olmsted here. He says, uh, thank you for the Super Chat, Paul. He says, hey, guys, Brian, uh, you know I have been a Reese – have been a – have been a Reese Reese's biggest critic, but I don't get the vitriol towards him here. I thought it was pretty good game plan overall, minus one or two plays, the hundred yard pick six, and then he came back later and said with another super chat, "Thank you again." My last comment wasn't meant for you and Vince. I didn't think it was. No, yeah, because uh, you sent it when we were in the middle of like talking about how good the game plan was. So right. if you took that as vitriol, like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> so no, we're good, Paul. I knew what you meant. I knew what was but going thanks on. Thanks for the like, super chat, man. Yes, but um. Look, here's the deal with that, okay? The problem as I see it, Vince, is there are not enough people willing to be objective about Tommy Reese. And there's too much sort of, you've made your opinion on him. And that's fine to a degree, but Tommy Reese is a little different than like Jim Knowles or Al Golden. I guess Al Golden's a little different because he's been in the NFL so long. But like, you know, you look like think of like veteran coordinators and things like that. Um you know, it just it's just one of those things where I look at it and I say, evaluate, you can evaluate this game for what it is without having to bring everything else back into it. Like, there's a time and a place for that. There's a time and a place, like, because Tom Reese did a great job in this game, doesn't mean that you have to ignore everything that happened beforehand and say, great job, he's the greatest of all time. Right. Right. But it also doesn't mean that you should use like the so that's what people say. Well, just because you did this doesn't that's fair, fair. But it also should mean that you ignore this game because you're still mad about a bad game you had in the past. And that's my thing is we need to be able to to do two things. One is look at each game individually as a game, but then also say that like this is still a guy that's like 30, 31 years old who's still growing as a coach. Absolutely. You know, you 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 want to see him continue to prove now he's got to start doing this more consistently. Nobody should deny that. And just because he did a great job in this bowl game doesn't mean we should just assume he's going to go out and rip it up next year. He's got to show us. There's a Absolutely. lot of show me with this. Oh, yeah. But I also don't think that we should look at this and 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 say, hey, look, um, I don't, I can't enjoy this game plan because I'm still mad that he called a bad game against whoever, right? That's my frustration. And I still think there's a, there's a small but very vocal part of the fan base that didn't like him as a quarterback, 
didn't yeah. think he should have been hired in the first place. They thought as a nepotism move from Brian Kelly. Sure. And no matter what Tommy Reese does, they're just never going to give him credit for it. That's right. just the fact. Yep. And I don't think that's many people in, in, and there are some in our chat that are that way. Like there's, there's a couple of guys in our chat that I don't care what Tyler Buckner does. They're never going to give him credit for it ever, ever. ever. They'll just take shots at him. We're talking about something completely not related to the top, to the offer of Tyler Buckner. And they're just going to take shots at him. Yeah. It is what it is. And then there's some people that won't ever criticize him. Like, I, I don't want us to be that way. Right. And, and that's my frustration with, Tom, with the, the way Tommy Reese is handled is there were times this year I crushed Tommy Reese this year, crushed him. And then the next game, if he comes out and does a great job, I say, hey, he did a great job. Yep. Then what we say, now let me see it next week. And that's what great coaches need to do. Let me see it next week. Sure. So I want to see Coach Reese build on this. And there were some things he did in this game that to me, as look, I'm 13 years older than Tom Reese. I've been in the I've been in, around football obviously longer than he has because I'm older than he is. Now he's been around the game a long time as well, his dad and all that. But my point is, is like as someone who's been around us a long time, you see some coaches, Vince, just kind of they're so full of themselves they never are willing to be open minded and learn ever, and they're stubborn. And we've oh, seen yeah. times this year where Tom in, in the past where Tommy seemed a bit stubborn. Mm-hmm. But we also saw an evolution of this offense as the year went on, and we definitely saw it in this game. There was no stubbornness in this game. This was this is what we've been begging you to do. We've been begging them to do more RPOs. I've never seen Notre Dame run more RPOs than they ran on Saturday, Friday, yeah. South Carolina. No, ever, <laughs> no. And it was different kinds, right? It was mix up your run game. Stop being so duo centric. Right. This looked like a college offense. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, that's the big thing. It's like we—it's always oh, NFL, NFL. This was a college game plan. Yep. And why? Because he had a quarterback he felt could execute it. Now, does that mean Tom Reese has arrived and he's the master, you know, mind and he's this big, you know? No, he's got to go do it against Navy, and then sure. he's got to do it against Tennessee State, and then he's got to do it against Central Michigan, and he's got to do it against Ohio State. But you got to be able to take a deep breath and, and enjoy it. And not let your anti-Tommy sentiment, some of it's unjustified, some of it is justified. I, I understand that. But you can still say, hey, great job, and just enjoy it. And then we can talk next week about the bigger picture. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what kind of – front. same thing with Tyler Buckner. We can talk about there's certain aspects that got to get better and, you know, it's just one game. I get all that. But can we just enjoy that one game for five minutes before we start saying he sucks and all this other kind of stuff? Like, And also – just because he had this one great game doesn't mean that Notre Dame still doesn't need a transfer quarterback. Like that's right. the di- that's the these extremes that too many ways. people take one way or the other. It's like uh, you know, just can we just enjoy this, please, right. for five minutes before we go talk about these other things that are not enjoyable? Can you imagine? I just would really appreciate that. I, I'm telling you what's going to happen, right? So Notre Dame is going to go win a national championship at some point. We're going to be ecstatic. We're going to, you know, and then we're going to come on for our, upon further review of the national championship game where Notre Dame wins it all. And it'll be like, well, they better do this if they're going to repeat next year and they better fire this guy. And it's like, can we just enjoy something? Or, or it'll be this, well, they didn't win it because of Tommy Reese. (laughs) They run it in spite of him. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sam Hartman or Tyler Buckner were out there calling their own plays. (laughs) Obvious. Right. He, Marcus Freeman made him call that play. <laughs> <laughs> Tell 
telling you, you just wait. You just wait. We're joking about it now. We're joking because there's some truth to it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tristan May says, but wait, Brian, according to Twitter, Goon, Indy had a, has a bad defense. LOL. So excited for the next year and the future. Go Irish. Thank you for that super Thank chat, you. Tristan. There was some guy on Twitter that Tristan had made a comment in relation to something that I said on Twitter. And the guy was like, but Notre Dame has a bad defense. And Tristan was like, uh, based on what? <laughs> I was like, dude, it's like some things are just not worth engaging on. Let just some go, things man. are just so stupid, it's not worth it, not worth your time. Uh, and then Tristan also said as another super chat. Thank you, Tristan. Uh, and a side note, if uh, we bring in Hartman, let him and Buckner have a true QB battle, not a BK QB battle. Best man starts. Well, uh, my, my understanding is that's going to happen. Right. That Sam Hartman knows he's going to be the leader in the clubhouse, but he also knows he's got to he's got to outplay a kid that's got ability. Uh, I've yep. been I've been it's I'll have a lot more to say about this if when the decision is announced one way or the other, and we'll have a lot more to say about it. Lou Holtz Thunder and Blitz says, "Let's go with another freaking safety blitz." Shaking my head for two hundred, Alex. There was a couple plays. I'm trying to remember when it was. Oh man, there was a safety blitz, and I was like, "Oh God, please no!" And they ended up not beating them on it, but there just was a couple times you just there brought those really late, yeah, you know, deep safety blitzes, and you're just I like, "Remember Dude, DJ why? Brown coming in on one, and he kind of it wasn't first even of like all a straight, it, like he's like, you just end it with I saw DJ Brown coming on one. <laughs> why? Why are you like that's not putting DJ in position to be successful? Why are you? You're doing that because schematically you think it makes sense. You're not thinking about what's what's going right. on with your players. Right. And that kind of stuff just just still drives me nuts. I agree. It just it still drives me absolutely nuts. And that's just hey, I'm I'm just um I'm just a guy trying to I'm just too smart for my own good. Yeah. Or I think yep. I am or whatever however you want to phrase it, right? I mean, yep. that's what it is. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so thank you for that. And then uh, Michael Graves with a super chat. That NC comment made me giggle. You know it's true. You know it's true, I guarantee man. if Lou Samoji was still with us, uh, and, and, and boy, I miss that dude, but if he was still with us, he would be able to share stories with us about people hmm. that complained about the 88 title game because they didn't do, they didn't throw it enough or they right. didn't do whatever. And, you know, there's always going to be that. And you know what? That passion is why we have jobs, man. I mean, it's what's why we do what we do because there's people that are that passionate about the game. Yeah. and. Yeah. Not everybody has to think the same thing. All that we've ever asked and we'll continue to ask is that you just be open-minded. Now I want you to have some conviction because I don't want you to be so open-minded that you're constantly changing your opinion. But just be willing to say, Hey, look, I didn't like the guy. He's doing a better job now. I didn't think Tom Marie should have been hired. I've said that. I've said that to people in Notre Dame at the time. I felt he was a year or two away from being ready for that job, but he got the job. And he's getting better. He's not where he needs to be yet, but he's getting better. And you you can say, you can believe one thing. He shouldn't have got the job and say, that's fine. You've made that evaluation. That's, I think, was proven to be somewhat true and accurate if you believe certain things. Okay, but move on. That's in the past. That's three years ago. Because he wasn't ready then doesn't mean he's not ready now. Right. Just because Tyler Buckner struggled in the first two starts of his entire career doesn't mean he's going to suck in every other game that he plays. Like, it just stop, right? Yeah. Like, that's what frustrates me. Um, you know, now then there's coaches like Al Golden who kind of keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, you know, that's, that's kind of thing. So you look at that stuff and you're like, man, that's just, that's just the, that's just the way that some people are, man. And it's just, yep. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. It's yep, going to be, so. look, I can't wait for Notre Dame to win a national championship and I will take all trolls at that point and that'll be fine. 
Just yeah, bring it on. Absolutely. Bring it on. Absolutely. So anyway, Vince, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for uh, being with us um, today. This is a lot of shows today. Yeah. And um, a lot going on today, obviously. So we'll, uh, we will be back tomorrow, Vince. We got one one tomorrow, tomorrow, one o'clock, 1 p.m. You and I are going to talk about sort of what we learned about Marcus Freeman this year. And just as a coach, like, look, obviously he's got improvements to make. He'll tell you that. But I feel like there was at least certain things that we can say definitively, this is going to be something that is a Marcus Freeman team is going to be about. Right, Vince? I mean, there are things I think we learned this year to say, will will he be a championship coach or not? We don't know. Right now he's a nine and four coach. Right. Right. But there are some things we saw this year that can be foundational to success down the road. If some other stuff can get cleaned up, that'll be Wednesday show. Wednesday show will be, hey, let's you know, let's clean up some stuff and here's some areas he's got to do better. Here's some decisions, some tough decisions he may have to make and think about and all that kind of stuff. But tomorrow we'll be focused on what we learned about Marcus Freeman that I think is that we can say definitively will be a part of who they are. And, and, you know, we'll dive into that Thursday. We'll kind of dive into some more of the evaluations. Friday will be a mailbag. And then next week we'll dive a little bit deeper into what this team looks like moving forward. We'll take our first glance, look at, you know, position by position and, you know, what returns, what comes back, what are the whole, what are the questions, what are the strengths, all that kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, Vince, it's going to be spring ball. It's going to be spring ball before you know, you know it. Like yeah, it, it is. It is great. And so, yeah. I get to go with you spring ball. That's right. I'll be there Freaking this year. Fired up about that dog. I'm telling yeah, you. I know. Right. Fired very up. excited about that. And I get very to go to my first blue that. gold game in like four years. So I'm kind of excited about that too. Why is that? Because I've always had a double header and I'm not coaching. Oh, because you're not doing baseball this year. That's right. Yeah. I, so I'm kind of fired up. Yeah. I know. This is going to be fun, man. I know. So it's going to be here before you know it, man. Be here before you know it. Yep. So I'm looking forward to um, how the game's going to wrap up. We'll also have a national championship game preview at some point in time that we'll put up on CFB Nation. So you need to make sure you're subscribed to the CFB Nation channel. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably carry it live on. Actually, you know what? Well, we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We may we may we may just do a live show on CFB Nation next week. Who knows? Ooh. Previewing the uh, the uh, the national title game. So if you're not subscribed, you may want to think about subscribing to the CFB nation channel. Cause we may just do that for the national championship game, do a live show previewing the Georgia TCU game. I would not have predicted, dude, I was Ohio state choking away from having my, both of my semifinal games predicted correctly. Cause I predicted C I, I predicted, um, I mean, I thought I was going to nail it. Cause I predicted TCU to win by six. They did. And that was a lot more points than I predicted. I went 30-24, but I had Ohio State winning 38-35. There was like three minutes left, and the game was 38-35. I was like, dude, I may actually <laughs> nail this one. And then Ohio State choked, uh, choked it away. So I was bummed about that. But, uh, well, see, you're I mean, cheering, but that's how much I hate the SEC. I'd rather see Ohio State win than an SEC team win. You know, so it is a lot of hate because I'm sick of the SEC. I'm sick of the the way a lot of their fans are. I'm sick of the way ESPN treats them. Yeah, I get I'm just all sick that. of all the favoritism that they get. And the in, in Ohio State had a I golden opportunity to kind of smack them down. And I mean, when was the last time? Okay, so 2021 there was in two SEC teams. 2020 was an SEC team. Alabama was in it. 2019 there was an SEC team in it. The one in 2018, SEC team in it. 2017. I mean, has there been a title game since the first one that didn't have an SEC team in it? Probably not. I don't think there has. 
17 was two SEC teams. Yeah, the only the first year is the only time we haven't had two, at least one SEC team in the title game. That's it. That was the Ohio State Oregon one. So, yeah, I'm sick of them. And I wanted to see them have a chance to get knocked down a bit, but Ohio State choked it away and couldn't win the game. And not surprisingly, and that seat gets hot in Columbus. Yep, it does. It does. So, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about that. You know, we're going to have people that are going to ask us about that at some point in time. So, uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. So anyway, um, I realize that there's something, something really bad going on in the NFL game. I'm not watching it. I don't. I, we're we're trying to focus on our show, so we'll get caught up on that here when we're done. And and I don't know what's going on. So maybe we talk about it tomorrow. Not sure what the deal is, but probably not because it's NFL and that's not really our thing. But based on what I've seen so far, obviously we'll be offering up a lot of prayers right now for Demar Hamlin, who's a kid that Notre Dame recruited out of uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh back in the day. So. I'm going to go get caught up and see what, what's going on over there. So anyway, Vince, thanks for doing the shows with me today, man. I enjoyed yeah, it. I look forward to doing another one tomorrow. Hit that like, folks. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five-star review. Sign up in the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. I'm in the process of designing a T-shirt that's going to be Ooh. something that only goes to IB Gold Club members. Because one of the new things that we're going to do is when <clears> someone <throat> signs up for the message board as a as a and joins the Gold Club as a you know the booster club one of the things they're going to get is a free ib t-shirt but don't do it yet if you're thinking about going gold club don't do it yet because we're still designing the shirt so yeah that's what we're uh that's what we're gonna do so that's what we're gonna do there we go so anyway that's it everybody have a great rest of your night and we'll talk to you again very soon may say k join the message board hit the like button subscribe hit the notification bell share this podcast leave a five star reviews visit the ib merch ib store for the best merch and as always go irish Talk to y'all soon. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.